Markets fall, and we cover the latest macro data. Micron disappoints with some nasty guidance. Thursday's most significant analyst calls, and FTX closing in on an interesting deal. This is the Running With The Money briefing. Let's get into it. It's not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. I've been a rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every time. Money never sleeps, pal. Just made 800,000 Hong Kong gold. There are three ways to make a living in this business. First, be smarter or cheaper. What is up and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pounding the Table. I'm your host, Luke Tonight, and let's get right into the day. Markets finishing to the downside, unfortunately. I know the bulls once again crushed, but we have the Russell 2000 finishing the session down 0.8%, 1.33 when it comes to points per se. We have the Dow Jones down 253 points, S&P 500 down 33, and NASDAQ down 154. Meanwhile, the VIX CBOE volatility index is up 0.853%. So digging in sector by sector, group by group, what do we see? We see utilities, industrials, real estate, consumer staples, all in the green today. Meanwhile, healthcare, financials, materials, communications, technology, consumer discretionary, and energy all moving to the downside with the number one worst performer in the day, energy, surprisingly. Now, shifting into the biggest headlines of the day, we had a bevy of macro data on this beautiful Thursday morning, digging in the core personal consumption expenditures price index up 4.7% from a year ago. Now, that is 0.2% less than the previous month, so not all bad news when it comes to inflation, but at the same time, this level is still around Levels we haven't seen since the 1980s, folks, so still significantly elevated inflation. Now, on a monthly basis, core PCE, and once again, that excludes the volatile components of PCE, such as food and energy prices, increased 0.3%, which was slightly less than the expected 0.4% out of Dow Jones. So still, you know, inflation moving to the upside, grinding to the upside still. We're still seeing significantly elevated inflation, record inflation, even per core PCE, but at the same time, slightly below expectations. Maybe inflation expectations a tad bit overheated. Now, shifting into headline inflation, that indeed shot higher, increasing 0.6% for the month, which was much faster than the 0.2% gain in April. So that headline number, including food and energy, absolutely rocketing to the upside. But at the same time, it still kept the year-over-year inflation increase at 6.3%, which is the same as April, and it's actually down slightly from March's 6.6%. So once again, not all bad when it comes to inflation, but still significantly elevated. Shifting into goods inflation, that increased 9.6%, while services prices were indeed also moving to the upside, increasing 4.7% on the month, both of those 0.1 percentage point from April. Now, shifting into some income data that we also got this morning, personal income increasing 0.5% in May. That was ahead of the 0.4% estimate. So, some positive notes there. At the same time, income after the taxes and other charges and or disposable personal income 
That number coming in down 0.1% on the month and 3.3% from a year ago. And then finally, spending adjusted for inflation also fell 0.4%, which is a pretty sharp drop from the 0.3% gain in April. Not a net positive there when it comes to the macro, although it is important to note that that metric is up 2.1% on a year-over-year basis. Now, shifting into the labor market, of course, we got jobless claims today as well. Those edged to lower the 231,000 for the week ending June 25th, which was a decline of roughly 2,000 from the previously reported period. But at the same time, it was 1,000 higher than the estimate. And then shifting into continuing claims, which they do run a week behind. That is very important to note. Shifting in, those totaled 1.33 million, which is a slight decline from the previous week. And out of all this macro data, we also got some housing data. So per CNBC, active listings for homes increased 19% in June. Yes, that's right, 19%. And the number of new listings during the month finally actually surpassed those typical pre-COVID levels, which now up 4.5% from a year ago. Now, shifting into inventory by some of the hottest markets throughout the country, Austin inventory was up roughly 145% from a year ago. Phoenix, same thing, up 113% from a year ago, roughly. Relay, nearly 112% from a year ago, and that's to the upside, people. But at the same time, some other very hot markets when it comes to real estate, also seeing supply drop off, inventory drop off. Miami, down 16%. Chicago, down 13%. And Virginia Beach, down 14%. So some interesting data coming out of the real estate market. And most of this data was actually per realtors.com. Now, shifting away from the macro, let's get into Micron with some nasty guidance. And this is related to the macro, given how cyclical Micron is, but digging into these Q3 results. Q3 revenue for Micron coming in at $8.64 billion compared to $7.79 billion for the prior quarter and also $7.42 billion for the same period last year. So Micron delivering a pretty solid revenue metric there. Now, gap net income coming in at $2.63 billion and or an EPS of $2.34, which was above same time last year. So when that positive there, an operating cash flow coming in at $3.84 billion compared to $3.63 billion in the prior quarter and $3.56 billion same time last year. So really those headline numbers for Q3, the quarter being reported on, weren't all too bad. Those numbers were in essence also kind of positive, but at the same time, their guidance and guidance is of course what matters in the market was absolutely horrendous. It was nasty. It was dismal, some articles put it. Now, let's dig into this. Guidance for the fourth quarter, Micron expecting revenue of $7.2 billion, give or take $400 million. Now, that is compared to Q4 2021 revenue of $8.274 billion. That's right. So, they're expecting to report roughly a billion dollars less in revenue Gross margin expected to come in for the upcoming fourth quarter at 41.5%, give or take 1.5%. Now, Q4 2021 gross margin was 47.87%. That's a sizable decline in gross margin there if those numbers do indeed hit in the upcoming Q4. And then finally, EPS is expected to come in for Mike Grant's Q4 2022 of $1.52, give or take 20 cents. Now, that is compared to the same time last year, an EPS of $2.40. Not good at 
all revenue, gross margin, EPS, all guiding down on a year-over-year basis for Micron. Now, not only that, but direct from the Micron earnings report, this is what management said, quote, recently the industry demand environment has weakened. and We are taking action to moderate our supply growth in fiscal 2023. Definitely doesn't sound all too positive, especially given the fact that Micron is a pretty cyclical company. But I guess one that positive is Micron's balance sheet pretty rock solid, by the way. Dug through that report today. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, JP Morgan reiterating Netflix as neutral. Going on to say, quote, we believe Netflix will also try to time the rollout of ad-supported tier with elevated account sharing efforts. And not only did JP Morgan reiterate Netflix as neutral today, but Morgan Stanley names Neo a research tactical idea. Morgan Stanley going on to say, quote, while sluggish industry sediment resulted in the sell-off, we believe Neo's upbeat June sales together with good volume trajectory into the second half, aided by a strong product pipeline, will revive investor confidence in the company's operations and trigger a rebound in the stock. And Morgan Stanley also had another call today reiterating Disney as overweight, a name that is down basically 40% on the year. Morgan Stanley went on to say, quote, down 40% year the date and below its pre-Disney Plus launch share price, we see an attractive risk reward at current levels, led by its parks and experience segment and with the benefits of a still young streaming business scaling to profitability, we see 20 to 25% adjusted EPS growth over the next Three years. It's safe to say Morgan Stanley is bullish on Disney. Now, shifting away from Morgan Stanley's calls on the day, let's talk about Oppenheimer reiterating Coinbase as outperformed. The firm went on to say, quote, with the Fed's tightening policy, total market cap of crypto declined by 55% for 2022 second quarter and trading volume subsided. Coinbase is going into one of its toughest prints as a public company. Oppenheimer liking it into the print, reiterating Coinbase as outperform. And then Norkland upgrading AMD to outperform from market perform today. The firm went on to say, quote, we are upgrading AMD to outperform. We are also reducing estimates to account for a global recession by cutting $2.8 billion out of the CY23 forecast. And then shifting into Goldman Sachs, reiterating Tesla as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, while the network has historically been accessible only to Tesla owners, Tesla has discussed plans to open up the network to all EV drivers over time and has already done so in select locations in Europe, which we believe could represent a sizable revenue opportunity with strong incremental margins by improving station utilization. So an interesting call out of Goldman Sachs talking about opening up that charging network. And then finally, JMP reiterating Alphabet and Meta as market perform. The firm went on to say, quote, we expect search, Alphabet, and the lower funnel performance platforms Facebook to fare better and highlight the importance of diverse and dense ad auctions as advertisers increase their return on ad spend expectations and tighten their ad budgets. Now, shifting away from the biggest analyst calls of the day, we do have some news coming out of the cryptoverse, of crypto land, of the cryptocurrency industry. FTX reportedly closing in on a deal to purchase, I would say, a pretty depressed crypto lender, BlockFi, for roughly $25 million in 
essentially what is a fire sale. And that is according to sources per CNBC. Now, digging into this, the term sheet, according to sources, is nearly over the finish line and is expected to be signed by the end of this week, which is pretty darn impressive. FTX is expected to pay roughly $25 million for BlockFi, which is 99% below their latest private valuation. Their latest private valuation coming in at $4.8 billion. Holy Toledo. So FTX would, in essence, I mean, on a valuation basis, be getting a deal here if they do indeed purchase BlockFi for $25 million. Now, of course, both companies pretty quiet on this. In fact, BlockFi somewhat denying this. Who really knows? Both pretty much declining to comment. It'll be interesting to see what comes of this. CNBC has three unnamed sources cited in this article. So who really knows? And this fire sale, of course, comes a week after FTX provided $250 million in emergency liquidity or an emergency line of credit to BlockFi. So some very interesting headlines coming out of the cryptoverse. Also some interesting news out of Celsius on, of course, restructuring as well, given their problems. Now, that is the show for today. I thank you all for listening. Remember, go get my boys over at Pounding the Table. Listen, they're producing one of the best financial podcasts out there. So please, please, please go check it out on all the platforms you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, go give me and my team a listen and a follow anywhere on social media at Running With The Money or at Luke Donay. And also give all our prior episodes a listen, depending on what platform you're on. Just to let you know, we're on pretty much any platform you listen to podcasts. So until the next one, instant profit, trade on. I will see you tomorrow.